This is the Lead Clear Podcast. Our goal is to provide clear topics, thoughts, and practical steps as a way to encourage and equip you in life and ministry. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Lead Clear Podcast. I am so excited for today. I have one of my heroes in faith and just one of my heroes in life, uh, Polly Bias, with us today. And Polly is married to an incredible man named Sean. And uh, man, they have uh, 12 kids. And uh, I, I had the privilege of, of pastoring the church that they uh, were part of the, the planting of several years ago. And uh, it was always fun to watch the bicycle pull into the parking lot because they'd roll into like four different vehicles with all their kids. They'd all pile out. And um, it was just amazing to watch, uh, really just see, watch them come in and see how the family is blended from all different walks of life and come together as one family. And, um, Polly, I just want to say thank you uh, for spending some time with us today and welcome to the Lead, Lead Clear Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for letting me join you. Yeah, so be here. Um, Polly, we have a lot to talk about today and uh, we have a, a time frame, but man, we're, we're going to be flexible with it. Uh, just out of the gate, I would love for you to share what is the Vice family story? How did you go from you and Sean to 12 kids uh, yeah. at this moment, right? So how, how did you get from point A to, to point B? How did you get here? Well, I will say it's been a 25-year journey. <laughs> we yeah. celebrated 25 years this past summer. Um, I was that girl in high school. I always knew I wanted to be married and have children, and that's a lot of girls in high school, obviously, but... Um, Two years after graduating, I was, Sean and I got married, so I was a baby. I was, uh, it was a month before I turned 20, and um, I had my first baby girl four days before I turned 21, so it, I loved being a mama. Um, it was everything I thought it would be. I loved it. One baby led to two, two led to three, and um, as you said, now there's 12 children that today call me mama. Uh, of course that has been a process um, and all of those children are not biological eight of those kiddos are biological three are adopted and one is a little guy in foster care so um I would love to walk you through that journey because honestly TJ this is one of my favorite stories because I am I'm honored and just blown away by the fact that I have gotten to do this I mean it is it's an incredible joy um so back in 2010, I guess it was, Sean and I had, we had pretty much been at the same church, a large church here in Birmingham for about 15 years. We loved it. We had some of the greatest leaders and teachers and pastors that had just been, been training us up, literally. We had been in church most all of our lives, but we had spent 15 years just really digging in deep. We were teaching Sunday school and we were leading, but we were also being fed well. Um, we were in all the Bible studies and I was you know, taking some systematic theology classes and um, you know, we were, we were learning everything we could. And we felt like around 2010, the Lord, we just heard him saying like, Hey, like take what you've absorbed and go and do it. Like, let's apply this. So we started praying and, and there were several things that the Lord called us to in 2010. That was like a monumental year for us. A lot of change, a lot of new, a lot of really risky things. If I'm being honest, that we were just like, Hey, we're not really comfortable with this, but we're going, we're going to be obedient. Um, one of those things did end up being international adoption. So in 2010, from our view in Birmingham, Alabama, we were seeing a lot of ripples within the church 
in regards to orphan care. So there were a lot of um, a lot of public ministers who were, you know, making waves, whether it be adoption or starting, you know, organizations. But we also had personal friends in the ministry who were also like really digging into this, you know, this idea of orphan care. And somehow I felt like Sean and I had been in church most of our lives. And I really couldn't tell you that I'd ever heard a message or a sermon about orphan care. So, you know, here it is 2010 and we're like, wow, like, how have we missed this? You know, the James 127 verses and all the verses that are commanding us clearly as, as believers in Christ to care for the orphan. So we just started praying like, okay, like God, we hear you. What does this mean for our family? And he did lead us to international adoption. So we started, you know, we did a lot of research and at that time, TJ, let's see, we had six kids uh, biologically. So we were actually only even eligible to adopt from a couple of countries, which is funny. And so the Lord led us to Ethiopia. And in 2013, we brought home Toady, which was our first adopted daughter. And uh, it was amazing. It was probably the hardest, most beautiful journey that we had ever been on. Just... uh, it was, it was crazy. I mean, just, we just felt like, wow, Lord, like this is so beautiful here. We've had six biological children. This is beautiful. And we felt like it was like a picture of the gospel just unfolding in front of us. So shortly after we brought her, well, actually right before we brought her home, we, um, we formed a, an orphan care organization in Birmingham with some friends of ours, Ultra 84. And basically, we were coming alongside churches and just providing resources to them and encouraging them um, in, you know, in ways to get involved in orphan care. Um, so while we're doing this, like we, we bring Toadie home and we quickly realized like, hey, we're not we don't think the Lord's done with us here yet. Like we wanted to go back and adopt again. So things were getting tight in Ethiopia and they were starting to shut the country down. And we were like, this is weird, Lord. Like we know we heard you say, go back you know, do it again. And now things are, are closing. But at the same time, we're, we're researching and we're learning everything we can about orphan care internationally, but also right here in the United States. Like what, what does this look like here? Obviously there's not orphanages in the United right. States. Right but there is the foster care system. Right. So we you know, start meeting with people. We're just, we're hungry to know more. And so we start learning about what foster care looks like right here in our own County. So we discovered that there's 1200 children in our, in the County we live in who are currently in foster care at that time, three to four kids were coming into care every day. And there was like a ridiculously low number of foster homes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was around 200. I want to say at the time, if you do the math, that doesn't work out. Right. That doesn't work. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were just like, okay, so basically every child in foster care needs, they need a home, they need a family, they need food, they need clothes, they need love, they need protection. Most importantly, they need Jesus. And we have all of those things. So, you know, we just, as a family, you know, some of our, our first kids were old enough at this point to be really involved in these decisions. And so we just started praying like, okay, God, what does this look like for us? Like, what are you doing here? What is our you know, responsibility to these children that are literally living in our back door in our County? Um, and so he did call us to foster care. He did, you know, make it very clear, like 
bring them into your home, make room for them, whatever you've got to do, stretch your tents, make room. So when we start the classes, that's about a six month process, five to six months. And uh, just as we're finishing the classes, I am now pregnant with our very last biological baby girl. And um, I remember we were, uh, we were licensed on, on a, I think it was a Thursday morning in February. And that afternoon, about six o'clock, we picked up our first little foster guy at the DHR office and uh, we hit the ground running. He was a sweet little guy, stayed for just a short time and got to be reunited. Um, but literally our second placement, I was uh, grocery shopping one afternoon. It was actually the Thursday before Good Friday. We were having community group in our house that night. I'm eight and a half months pregnant at this point, and I get a phone call from DHR, and um, I see it's their number, and I'm knowing that I can deliver this baby any day, including over this Easter weekend that's coming up, so I'm saying, no, 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 this is not what I need, and then the lady on the other end of the phone proceeds to tell me about this newborn baby boy who she's like, you know, you're the last person I want to call. I know you're about to have a baby, but we cannot find anywhere. I was just like, it's, it's Easter weekend. Like everybody is either out of town or they have guests coming in. Like we just, we can't find a place. So she said, if you can keep this little guy for me, he's at the hospital. He needs to come home. He's five days old. If you can keep him for me until Monday, I can find a permanent home for him since you're about to have a newborn baby. So with this, we had, Sean and I had made a decision that neither of us would say yes without contacting the other one sure. and deciding it was the right thing. Sure. I'm going to be honest. I didn't call him. <laughs> <laughs> I asked for forgiveness. I did not ask for permission. Um, I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that, but it worked out. Fun. I, I think I probably told him Jesus said, say yes. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, our right. yes was on the table. Our yes was on the table. So it was, right. there was an overall yes already out there. But I said, sure, we can keep the little guy till Monday. We can handle anything until Monday. And she brought him to the house a couple hours later. And we had a house full of people over for community group. I'll never forget people were coming in the door and there's a social worker coming in with a baby and people are looking at me like, what in the world is going on? Like, who is this baby? And I'm like, I'll explain later. Could you just give him a bottle for a minute while I finish dinner? Um, but long story short with that, with that little guy, he Monday morning came and went and we were just like, goodness gracious, we are in love with this little man. We cannot possibly stand the thought of them coming to pick him up. DHR was telling us, you know, it will probably be a short stay anyway. We have a plan for him. And um, so he stayed. And that plan did not work out that they had. And uh, so we ended up adopting him um, when he was three. So that's George, as you know, my Georgie. George turned five last week. So we continued fostering after George and always had, you know, a couple of kiddos here extra and uh so when george was was three his mom we had a relationship we had established a good relationship with her and stayed in touch with her and she was pregnant again and she as well as dhr told us that there was a plan for this baby so we were excited you know for her and for this child and so we had decided at that point we would continue to foster but we probably would not adopt anymore so at that point we had 10 kids and we're like, you know what? We will stay open for foster. We loved the idea of these kids getting to come in and we get yeah. to love on them and just kind of help 
help try to heal them. Like I, I'm just a learner and a, a, a student and I was researching and I was going to conferences and doing everything I could to try to figure out how can I help these children heal because they've been so wounded and they've been so traumatized. So we just loved the opportunity of getting to just, just point them to Jesus was the thing, the best thing we could do to them for them. And that's what we did, but also just trying to give them tools to, to help them heal. So, um, Anyway, we continued fostering. George's little sister was born and we get a phone call. So the plan that they had in place for her had actually fallen through and they wanted to know, could she stay here with us for a little while until they could work out an alternative plan? That way she would at least be with, you know, her brother. So Sean and I went to the hospital and met with her medical team. She had a few things going on that we just needed to make sure we could care for and some needs that we could meet. And so we went to the hospital one afternoon and I remember thinking like, shoot, this is going to be so hard. You know, this is going to be temporary, but it's going to be hard. And we brought her home the next day and um, that plan indeed fell through as the Lord would have it. And we adopted her last August. So, um, so that put her and her and Georgie together. So they're biological siblings. So, um, since, since that her name is Stella. So since Stella was born, we have, you know, had a few more in and out and we currently have one little guy right now we've had for two years who has just turned two last week. We've had him since he was born altogether. We've probably had about 35 kids, you know, come in and out of through the doors um, in the last five years, and like I said, two are permanent, and one we're just kind of waiting to see now. So um, that's what that that's what got us to the twelve kids, um, and that's where we're at today. And we're just our yes is on the table, and yeah. um, we're kind of scared to even say anymore. People ask us all the time, "Do you plan to adopt anymore?" And we're like, we don't know. I mean, no, no, we're not planning to, but. We weren't planning to adopt right. another child when Stella needed to be adopted. Right. So um, at this point, I don't even feel like I'm qualified to answer that question. You know, yeah. Yeah. I just well, have to say, what are, we're, we'll let Jesus answer that for yeah. us. Well, Polly, I just, I, I try every time I have the opportunity to speak to somebody or have them on this podcast, um, I, I try to encourage them to, I, I do want to tell you, thank you. Um, yeah. You and Sean are, you're special people to my family. Um, we, we hold you guys high in our life and so thankful for your generous spirit and, and just your love uh, for, for my family and, and to see the gospel displayed through your kids. Like I loved watching your kids uh, on Sundays and talking to them between the, you know, between, during the week. And um, I, I just love your family. And, and I know that there is a, strong spiritual backbone between you and Sean. I know you guys do it together. I know it's not just you and I know it's not just him because uh, I watch you guys do this together and to see Sean, who's man, he's a, you know, he's a, just a good old boy who man, yes. he can build some amazing things, but to watch yeah. him love on those kids was inspiring to me yeah. as a dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so just thank you for letting the gospel uh, play out in your family and being faithful to that. So thank you um, for thank that. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for your kind words and for always being an encouragement to us. And honestly, two things to that. Number one, it's all Jesus. And you yeah. know that yeah. it's all Jesus in us. It's not any of our own self because we would be way too prideful and selfish 
to ever do what the Lord has allowed us to do. And number two, it's honestly the greatest joy in the yeah. world to get to be used in the kingdom like this. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that when you put your yes on the table, the joy that comes from that, right? Even in the midst of uh, things that don't make sense, you know, I mean, I went through that period of my life last year, you know, that, you know, yeah. like, man, just, I didn't want to say yes. Yeah. But finally when I did, it's like, gosh, yeah. I can't believe I get to do this. This yeah. is, this is yeah. crazy, you know, and so thank you. But, um, Polly, let, let's talk a little bit about your pursuit of the Lord. Like what, yeah. what are you reading? What, what do you yeah. listen to? What are you studying? Like who, what, what's influential in your life? Just unpack that for us. Sure. Um, so as I said, I love to read. I love to study. I love to listen, um, you know, to different sermons and messages and, and things like that. But um, I'm going to be honest with you, TJ. It's, it's God's word. It's me and God's word. Yeah. Um, I recently had the opportunity to speak to some young women and, you know, and I was talking to them about, uh, about being awake and staying awake. And how do we stay awake? And we stay awake by pursuing God. And how do we pursue God? It has to be being in his word. Um, I told them, and I'll say it again, that's not old school. Being in God's word daily is, I feel like it's sometimes a lost art because we have yeah. so many other resources yeah. that we can we can turn to. But um, I've learned tons from teachers and preachers and, and books and, and sermons, but I've learned the mass of, of what I know about God and who he is. And even the majority of what I've learned about myself has come directly from me and God in his word all by ourselves, just me and him. So as far as my pursuit of God, it's a lot of me and him and his word yeah. and a lot of prayer. Um, However, I usually have at least three books going at one time. I'm that person, but I, three is my limit. Right. I will not allow myself to start a fourth, and I prefer <laughs> to stay at one or two. Um, so lately, I have actually been reading um, Humility by Andrew Murray, okay. and um, also The Master Plan of Evangelism yep. by Dr. Robert Coleman. I love mm -hmm. both of those. My newest, those are oldies, but great. Um, my newest book, I just started a few days ago actually is Beth Moore's new book Chasing Vines. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I've cut my spiritual teeth on just best Bible studies and her teachings. Yeah. And she's so I was, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. So I still go back to her all the time and her teaching. And um, in addition to that, so I have been this year reading through a chronological Bible that has a reading plan daily that I've enjoyed. But honestly, I have probably just been digging into Ephesians lately just because of a message that the Lord has kind of laid on my heart um, in regards to just walking out our purpose in life and, mm -hmm. and using our, the story that God has written in our lives and then combining that with the gifts and talents that he has given us combined with the things we are passionate about in this world. And I feel like when you connect those three, when you connect yeah. the dots there, that's where your purpose lies. I mean, obviously yeah. our purpose is to love God and to love others, mm -hmm. but that looks different for me and for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like when we can connect those dots, we can figure out like here, this is uh, instead of purpose, I really like to sit, call it more like kingdom assignments because I mm -hmm. think purpose kind of looks like one big overall thing, like maybe foster care or adoption right. or something like that. But I mean, I honestly think that it's more like daily assignments. So I've been digging into Ephesians a lot recently just as um as i've studied you know and kind of 
equipped my heart even better to share that message. Um, and probably other than that, a couple of things. Can I tell you a couple of books that I've read yeah. lately that I would recommend yeah, because of what we are dealing with right now? So ironically, right before COVID-19 happened, I had just finished The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. <laughs> I also listened to his podcast a lot at Bridgetown. And that book just, it did a number on me. And I was, it, yeah, it was just like, oh, I want this. I, I feel like we move at such a fast pace right. and we, you know, I, I always say that I feel like with my kids that are like middle and young high schoolers, like I need to reel them back in and I need to right. get them back home a little more. And, you know, they're, I've got some socialites and you know, I need to get yeah. them back in with mom and daddy. And so I read that book and I was like, yep, that confirms it. You know, like we yeah. need to put down the devices and, you know, gather back in the living room and do those things that we know, just those simple, you know, times of being together and then COVID-19. Mm. So I highly recommend that book. Another book that I just recently read is Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And that's also a fabulous book because um, she is really teaching in that book that it's, it is, it is spiritual, but it is also, um, there's a lot of science in it as to like, how do we, how do we literally take every thought captive? Mm-hmm. How do we get out of just that funk of like, I can't, I'm in a bad headspace and right. I don't know how to get out. Right. She literally walks you through steps of how to do that as mm-hmm. a believer. So I recommend both of those books right now, just because of the time. Yeah, we have and what I'll do is I'll put the, uh, and what I'll do is I'll put links uh, in the show notes of this. So anybody that listens to this can actually just link over to Amazon if they okay. want to pick those up. Um, I'll put those in here. So okay. it sounds like two great recommendations. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Comer book, um, mm. man, uh, you know, we were talking before we started, am I stir crazy yet? Cause I'm on the go all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it is different for me to have to stay in the spot, you know, yeah. and, um, I was reading some, just on some social media, some guys I really respect. And, um, there's a guy in Birmingham. He's like, well, this is day 17 of having dinner with my family. Exactly. He's like, I, I can't tell you the last time we, he said, probably have never had that many days in a row. And that's us. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's my family, you know, for me, they're in pastoral ministry or doing what I do now. Like, you know, yeah. our goal is to get two or three nights. Exactly. <laughs> that's most families. Absolutely. That's most family. And, and so, and to pause, you know, but it's, it's so easy. I've even found myself even more busy um, yeah. at home during this quarantine mm-hmm. than I was beforehand. I'm like, what? what, what am I doing? Like God has given me some time here. He's allowing some time, you know, even through the midst of chaos, God is providing a calmness in my house because nobody's sick here, thankfully. Yes. You know, so like, man, you know, I need to be spending time. So for instance, we, we made a schedule, <laughs> Polly, you'll appreciate this. Um, yeah, we made a schedule with our family last night of like, okay, so on Thursday nights, the kids, my, my two middle schoolers, they're responsible for cooking dinner for the family. There you go. And it's like, I'm a little terrified of what we're going to have okay. for dinner tonight. But I'm, yep. Hey, okay. whatever you have, you know, and like we just made it like, Hey, we're going to be intentional with this time. Yeah. You know? And so, um, yeah. you know, and I, I love that. And I, I'm, I've seen that in your family in the past. And I know that, um, I know mm-hmm. that you guys are redeeming time as you have it now too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably what are some principles just in, maybe one or two principles of things, uh, you know, either characteristics or principles that you live by or that you want to instill in your kids or, to those around you, like, and these are things you, you try to hold tight to that you want to live by. What, one or two of those things you think? 
Um, well, first and foremost, with, with our kids, one thing, um, just because of what I said a minute ago, just the pursuit of God and what I believe that has to look like of, you know, being in, in the word and prayer, that's important. And I, I, we encourage that in our children and, yeah. um, you know, I can sense it in, in the heart and, and where I see kids attitudes and, and things going occasionally. And I can say, when's the last time you read your Bible? Did you, you know, did you read your Bible this morning? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to go with no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So just, um, again, you know, I, yeah. I know that seems so elementary, but it's so important. Like, so just, yeah. you know, just pr- what, what is pursuing God look like for each of them? And we've walked that out with both of them, like, you know, yeah. uh, or with all of them. Um, and so that's number one, first and foremost, next, um, a principle that we hold tight to around here is just being grateful, a heart mm-hmm. of gratitude, just a posture of gratitude. Like, are you truly grateful? Because we live in such a consumerism society and my kids and, and myself, we are no different. It's so easy to just want, 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 or to, focus on what we don't have or, or what we think we need. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to help them, you know, focus on, gosh, we have so much to be grateful for. And I don't mean just stuff, but we have our health and we have our family yeah. and, yeah. you know, we have our friends and our community and our church and so many things. And so just a heart of gratitude. Um, and then last of all, say one thing is just a principle that's important to me and Sean that they they realize and that they walk out in their life. It's just a life of, of sacrificial living. I mean, a 12 year old can live a sacrificial life. A five year old can live a sacrificial life, you know? Um, and so that's something that we have tried to instill in them is be thankful for what God has given you and for what he's done for you and for the life he's given you and the story he's given you and the gifts he's given you and the talents. But live sacrificially realize that you are an ambassador once you become a believer in christ you are an ambassador and your life is no longer your own it you are living the life of christ you're on your christ on display in your school and Mm. you know in our home and in your community and to your friends and so you know be willing to be sacrificial with that it has to go it has to be more than just affectionate love it has to be a sacrificial love so are you willing to give up your time your bedroom are you willing to share everything you have um so that would that would be my top three just a a personal pursuit of god and just a, a posture of gratitude and um you know and then sacrificial living yeah so kind of off the or question go off number one how would you uh, what's maybe a practical way or maybe that parent who may listen to this, right? Cause I mean, there's many parents that listen to this and you know, they, they're not uh, maybe they're not doing family Bible study or they're not doing time yeah. together. Like what are some practical things you do, your family does, or, or maybe some practical things you would say, Hey, you know, here's something you can do with your kids. Yeah. Um, what, what would you say for that? Um, so in regards to family Bible study or, or just devotion time, and I'm going to be the first to say that doesn't happen every night yeah, at my house. Sure. I mean, it does not. Oh, mine, mine either. I, I, wish that, I wish it did, but it doesn't. Yeah. We usually, we'll have a good run for a little while and then we get off track and we've done yeah. better, you know, lately, obviously. Yeah. But, um, you know, we do, we do try to, when we, when we run that off in the ditch, we try to get back on the road yeah. pretty quickly um, of sitting down together. You know, right now, yeah. nine o'clock's our time um, mm-hmm. where we all meet in the living room. And usually it's, you know, um, we share a scripture. It's nothing super deep. We yeah. share a scripture. We unpack a scripture together. We ask some questions. What does yeah. this look like in our lives? And, you know, and I, 
a few of my older kids I've gotten to where we'll even have them like, Hey, you're in charge of Bible study tonight or devotion yeah. time. So like come, come prepared, like with a scripture that you want to talk about that. or something that the Lord's doing in your life right now. And so that's great when you've got a 15 year old, he's yeah. saying like, well, you know, yesterday morning when I was reading my Bible, this, this scripture just kind of popped out and here's, you know, and sometimes it's simply like, I've got some questions about this, like mom yeah. and dad, what does this really even mean? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so we don't necessarily, as far as devotion goes, go by a certain plan as much right. as we do, just like what God's laying on our heart and he's given us. Um, in addition to that, really one thing that Sean and I try to do that is just a, a practical, we try to just look for those opportunities to have those conversations. You yes. know, I don't ever want Bible study to be a checkoff, you know, yes. a box like yeah. we did that. Okay, great. Yeah. But instead, yeah. you know, um, when, you know, we're sitting at the dinner table and, you know, my 15 year old says I lost my assignment and my teacher was so rude about it. Like, you know, like, and still like, Whoa, let's, let's talk about this for a minute. Like how can we, you know, have an attitude of Christ in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so just looking for those opportunities to get to just invest in them and just instill those principles and those fruits of the spirit, um, you know, in them and, and help them see opportunities to use the fruits of the spirit. Um, you know, that's, and, and Sean is really great about that. Just, you know, in any kind of, you know, issue with any of the kids saying like, you know, what fruit of the spirit were you using when that happened or, you know, moving forward in that situation, what, you know, what fruit could you use for that? You know, do you need patience or, you know, whatever. So, um, that's just a couple of, you know, practical ways. Yeah, no, that's great. So, Polly, the the idea behind the Leaker podcast is to encourage people, to equip people, you know, anybody that listens, whether it's full-time vocational ministry or whether it's, you know, mom at home or whether it's dad, you know, who travels or uh, or anybody in between, you know, anybody that listens. And, um, you know, and so I I always try to give home, try to give that take home nugget, you know, to everybody that listens, you know. And so the last question I always end with is, what would you say if you could say anything you wanted to? Uh, but you have full liberty to say that here, um, mm-hmm. you know, to encourage um, or to equip people to move forward in their journey. What What would you say just kind of a, a final thought? You know, um, TJ, lately my, my thing has just been don't miss out on your assignments. We do not. God doesn't have to use us as part of his beautiful redemption plan on this earth. He chooses to. Sure. Um, and golly, like it just, it pains me to think we could miss that um, for whatever reason. So my encouragement would simply be, don't miss that. Recognize your what you have in your story. Recognize who you are and who you are in Christ. Be in that relationship with him where you're listening to who he says you are. Recognize, not only recognize his voice, but recognize the voice of the enemy because the enemy wants to defeat you and prevent you from walking out those assignments and those plans and purposes that God has for your life. Um, But probably in addition to that, the one thing would be like, um, don't get distracted. You know, I feel like we are living in a time where we, the enemy has so many tools to distract us with. And when I get, when I get in a, in a, in a bad spot, I can usually track it back to, one of two things either I've not been pursuing God like I should and like I like I want to 
or I've just let him, I've let the enemy totally distract me away from that pursuit. Um, So, you know, just, just know what you're capable of in the Lord and be willing to, you know, um, to dig in and, and to put your yes on the table and to run no matter what. Is it easy? No, but it is the most joyful place in this world to be is in the middle of his will and his plan, whether it's what you thought it would look like or not. Um, it is by far the best place in the world to be. Um, so just don't give up, don't quit, you know, just keep, keep rolling, keep running and and stay in his word, stay in prayers. You know, community is so important. Have those friends that, you know, encourage and, and pray with you and help guide you. But, um, you know, don't get distracted. Yeah. No, I love it. Polly, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I know that you, you're working on a podcast project that hopefully comes out in, you think in June time, right? June is, June is our hope. You have a name for that yet? Yes. Made to matter. Made Made to matter. matter. So yeah, yeah. uh, We will be looking for it. Yeah, definitely. um, Be looking for that. And, and we'll make sure to link that over, you know, on our social media stuff and, and so people can go and follow that. that and I'll be yeah. following it. I know that, you know, Thank I don't know you. if it's for me, but I can promise yeah, you I'm going to be following Absolutely. It. <laughs> it's for you. Absolutely. But please I'm tell Sean. You. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Please I'm tell Sean and the kids. I said, hi. And I sure uh, you do the same man. Love you guys so much. Love you. So Thank thanks you for your time today, it. Polly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you were encouraged and equipped for more information, resources, or to connect with TJ, go to tjgillum.com. We would really appreciate for you to rate and review the Lead Clear podcast and recommend to your friends. 